0: So quickly I just want to give you feedback from our trip to Canada. I think most of you know we were in Canada last weekend and we were actually in a church in Waterloo, Ontario, um, an NCMI partnering church and uh, they've been been through a difficult time in the past nine months, something that I really wasn't aware of when we went up there. And uh, Saturday we had the opportunity to meet with all the leaders in the church and simply share our stories. We shared stories from our journey, um, just to encourage them, you know, on on how we can always find the fingerprint of God through the journey that we're walking. And then Sa- Sunday Paul spoke at the church, and um, God just really gave him a very clear, specific word for them that was super encouraging to the leadership and to the church as a whole. And we really felt, and, and in fact, they kept saying as as even this week we've been hearing back from them just saying the injection of life and hope um, that they experienced Um, just from us being able to share the things that God had put on our heart. So the reason I'm telling you that is because I believe that's part of who we are as a church, that even that is a value that we have, that Paul and I feel a call on our lives, but also we feel that this church has a call to strengthen other churches. So that's a value we have here at Border City Church, and that's something that we'll be participating in as the time goes on, and many of you will be a part of that, I believe, um, so it was just amazing to us that only a few months into a church plant that we were released to be able to go do that and such a capable team of people here to carry on here as well. So we, we want to celebrate that and, and say th- thank you to the Lord for how he's using this local church already uh, to do things like that. So as Paul said, I'm going to talk today On family, Um, if you haven't heard Jason and Courtney's message from last week, I encourage you to listen to that on the website. It was awesome. We listened to it this week, and they spoke on Loving Our City. Um, Today, we're looking at another value on family, and as I was preparing for this this week, I read some articles online. Um, I looked at some Gallup poll results, uh, just things about today's family, the people who are raising families today. And two things stood out to me about what I read. This is the first thing, that the segment of our population having families today is one of the most socially compassionate generations ever. So when families are making decisions today, even purchases, they'll choose brands that help them feel better about themselves, about themselves through brand engagement. Um, and they'll, they'll choose brands that have a purpose attached to them. That's important for families today. And this is because of the second thing that really stood out to me in what I read is that this is a purpose generation. That those of us who find ourselves parenting today are on a constant search for authenticity and truth. And we gravitate towards purpose-driven businesses, purpose-driven career choices. That's something that's important to the families that exist today and to people, parents who are parenting today. So if that's true about the generation that's raising kids today, that's gonna affect the way that we parent. And it's going it's to affect what we care about. It's going to affect our goals and our parenting. Um, so I just want to take that today and allow, uh, look through that lens, but allow scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to gently direct us in our quest for purpose and in our quest for um, authenticity. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to direct us along that path. So I just um, encourage you to open your heart to, to how the Holy Spirit wants to touch on these things in our hearts today. There was a recent survey of Americans in their 80s and 90s, and the question was asked, if you could do life over again, what would you do differently? I find that really interesting. I want to hear that. So the top three regrets of Americans in their 80s and 90s right now, number one, I would have spent more time contemplating what's meaningful. Number two, I would have taken more risk. And number three, I would leave behind something of lasting value. I think that one thing that never changes from generation to generation is that we want to parent well. We want to lead our families well. We want to be the best that we can for our children and and do the best that we can with the opportunity we've been given. And I think some days as a parent, it's a good day if all we've done is fed our kids and had them like not lost them, you know, and kept them alive. Like you feel like you know, some days it's just like, I've survived, and that's, that's all that matters. And, and that's a reality, that there are days like that. But at the end of it all, if you pile all those days into one, and if you pile those years together, we, we don't want to only survive, right? We want to thrive as families. We want to actually see growth. We want to see life. We want to see development of our children. We want to we thrive in our family units. And I believe that that can happen, as we develop that sense of vision and purpose that's already in us in seed form, as that's developed, we can thrive as families. So the definition of purpose, the definition of purpose is an object or end to be attained. That's what purpose is. So it's the idea of we're going somewhere. We're not just like existing. We're not just like surviving. We actually are going somewhere in life. We're, 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 there's a vision that we have that we're wanting to attain. That's what purpose is, and I want to look quickly in Scripture of a family, an example of a family in Scripture that went somewhere. They had a vision. They had a purpose. Um, From Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, this is um, where the story begins with Abram, and Abram is considered, Abraham now is considered to be the father of our faith. This is the family that began the journey with God for us as a people of faith, okay? So this is how God at first initiated this. Um, Genesis 12, 1. it says, "...the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing." So we're a part of that family that God said, go. God said, I want you to go somewhere. I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to show you where to go. That's, that's how our family of faith started. Um, and they were a family on mission with a purpose. And a mission is defined as a body of persons sent to perform a service or to carry on an activity. So as a family unit, we'll talk about as a church as well in a minute. But as a family unit, you are a body of people sent to perform a service or to carry on an activity, not just to survive. Verse 3 of that chapter 12 says, All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. I love that. So the purpose of our mission, the purpose of where we're headed, is generosity. It always has been and it always will be, that God wants to bless people through us as a family. The purpose of our existence as as a family is not just for us. The purpose of what God wants to do in our lives and through our families is generosity. I love the analogy that Jason used in his message last week of the hand over mouth thing. The fast, the meaning of fast um, is to limit what I'm providing for myself, allow God to do that, and let my life be focused on others. That's that's the idea of vision and purpose, that it's it's something beyond myself, it's something beyond my family, so the value that we're talking about for Border City Church is not just family. Though we really do value the local, you know, the the family unit of mother and or or husband and wife, or and then mother and father and children. We value that unit absolutely, um, and. And respect and honor family units. But the value that we're actually talking about as Border City Church that we're putting our stake in the ground with is um, the core value, is actually family on mission, that we are we are going somewhere as a family, church family, and as individual families. We have a mission, we have a sense of purpose about us as families. I think America and the world has seen many families model the idea of us four no more, where it's just all about me and my household. Um, and, and then we perpetuate this lifestyle in our children who then grow up and have families where the same mantras sort of live by of us four and no more, or us three and no more, it just four rhymes with more. so um, But not only that, uh, but we want to be a community, we want to be a family on mission, as a community, that it's not just us in this church and no more, but that we have a mission. We have a purpose that is beyond us as well. So whether you're single, Or whether you have a family who's a part of this local church or not, um, you can be a part of a family on mission. You can be a part of that. Um, And I think we've all seen and been guilty, uh, even in ourselves, of being part of the church, universal, who only gets sometimes um, the family part right. Have you ever seen that? Perhaps a local church or maybe even, like I said, we've even been guilty in our own lives of, of getting that family part down really good. We get, we get the community part of loving each other and being there for one another, but we're, we're way too inward. And then we've also seen the example sometimes of in the context of church where it's all about mission, and it's at the expense of family. It's like burnout and performance and getting the job done at the expense of family. And what we want to say that we value at Border City Church is both together— Family on mission. We, fa- we value family and we, we value the family unit, but we also family, value the family that we have here together. And we value that we're, we're going somewhere with that. We actually have a mission. It's not just for the existence of, of us here. We, we value those together. So I just want to read this statement again that we've been reading most weeks that we've done these values um, series that we are a local community of Jesus' followers, we are a family on mission to see healing and rebuilding in the people of Detroit and beyond our borders. So now when we read that statement or you see that statement, that's what we mean by family on mission. That's what we're identifying ourselves as. So how do we do this? How do we do family well and do mission well? Matthew 6.33, I know we're often familiar with that verse um, as as believers, but I just want to draw our attention to it again. Matthew 6.33 I want to draw our attention to it in the context of family. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I believe that's how we do family on mission. So what is the kingdom of God? What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Well, I'll tell you what the kingdom of God is not. The kingdom of God is not the Americanized church world subculture. That's not what the kingdom of God is. And I feel like sometimes when we say kingdom, That all that happens in our minds is we imagine just this American subculture church world that exists, you know, people watch on TV and that's, that's, I mean, yeah, that's part of the kingdom of God, I guess, but that's not what the, that's not what it means when it says seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom is a spiritual place and it exists in the hearts of men and women and children where the king has his domain. It's any place in the hearts of people where Jesus is king. That's the kingdom of God. That's how the kingdom of God comes. That's where the kingdom of God is. And the kingdom of God is characterized, scripture tells us, by righteousness, peace, and joy. Wherever the kingdom of God is, you find righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm hungry for that. Are you? I'm hungry for more of the kingdom of God to come in my life, to come in my family, to come through my life, to come through this church. I want to see the kingdom of God manifest through us. So we are to seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is simply the will of God. Kingdom, king's domain. Wherever the king's will is being accomplished, that is the kingdom of God. Where the will of God exists. God's will for your life, that is the kingdom. That's what you're to seek first as a family. What is God's will for you? What is God saying to you? What has he said? What is he saying right now? What is he leading you into? What is he putting in front of you? That's the kingdom. That's what we're to pursue. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you as a family. All the things you need, all the things that you're so aware of that you're lacking in, emotional things, physical things, material things, Seeking first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Colossians 1.13 is another reference about the kingdom of God. Colossians 1.13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. So as believers, he's taken us out of one kingdom, and he's set us down into another kingdom. Okay, so we exist in the kingdom of God. And so if that's true, then my life exists in that kingdom. My family exists in that kingdom. Everything about my life is in the context of that kingdom. I've been placed in the kingdom of God. And so the key, I believe, is the integration of those parts of my life, my family, my career, my involvement in things. It's not segmented. It's not boxes, like that's sacred and that's secular it's all within the context of the kingdom of God. Everything that God has for me, I've been set and placed into the kingdom of God, and I need to integrate to integrate means to form, to coordinate or to blend into a functioning or unified whole. Have you ever had that feeling in your life where it's like the things just aren't working? It's like you've got your spiritual pursuit and then you've got these other things going on, and you don't know try to know how quite know how to make them fit together or the things that you believe God has said to you you don't know how it's going to work with this because of this other thing that you've got going on I believe the holy spirit wants to help us to integrate all those areas of our life our work our friendships our family our play even all of it can be integrated together within the purpose of God the will of God his kingdom So even with our families, we bring our families, our spouses, our children, we bring them into ministry or purpose. We bring them into that because that is the will of God for us. So it's not like I pursue my purpose and I just try to be a good mom. No, my kids are a part of that and I bring them into that. I integrate those areas of my life. I integrate my family into the reality of this kingdom that I live in because Jesus is my king and his will is done in my heart. Um, and I think often in America, just, just follow me with this, often in America we see a priority list that looks something like family first and then career or work and then everything after that. Or as Christians, because we know we've got to put God first, we say, okay, God's first and then family and then ministry and then work and career and then other things. And that's noble, and I can't say that I disagree with that, priority list but practically i think sometimes that becomes difficult for us to figure out how to work that out and it can become confusing and conflicting and i'll give you an example of what i mean in 2008 paul and i were living in georgia and we began to feel god very specifically speaking to us about moving to south africa it was quite a dramatic call that we received from the lord And even though my heart had been very excited about that for a long time and actually wanting to be involved in that, when it actually came down to us saying yes on the phone to the offer we were being offered as far as employment and to work with a particular um, NGO or um, ministry, when it actually came time, my heart was in fear. My heart was freezing up. And the reason that my heart was in fear all of a sudden is because of my boys, because of my children because I didn't know what that was gonna mean for them. There was no guarantee. It was a huge risk. Everything in their lives was gonna change, and when we moved to South Africa, we thought we would live there forever. So I realized that that decision of us saying yes was gonna change their destiny. It might change who they marry, or it would, you know, we believe God's in control, but I realized that that decision was going to affect every decision forward in their lives, and I didn't know what kind of challenges we were going to face concerning them, and my heart was really afraid. So if we had only looked at it as as a list of priorities, then we would have said, okay, God first. Family family is before ministry or before work that we do, and I don't know what this is going to mean for my kids, so no, we can't make this decision. Nope, that's not good. On paper, it makes more sense for my children to stay in America and I know they can go to a good college here, and I know their future's secure. Do you see what I'm saying? But this is actually what happened. We we were praying through that moment, and um, there was a a prophetic lady who visited the church where we were, an amazing prophetic gift, and she prayed with me um, after one of the services, and she actually didn't know anything about what was going on in our lives, and she began to prophesy. And she began to say, "God's opening a door for you into a nation," and a, you know, all it was an, actually an amazing prophetic word that most people would be excited about. But my heart was in so much fear that I almost couldn't even receive the prophetic word. It's like I was p- plugging my ears. But then at the end of the prophetic word, she said, "And God says, don't worry about your children. I have provision for them that you don't even know about yet." And that was like a key that unlocked my heart to be able to say, you're right, I forgot, you have provision for, you know, yes, we we can do this. We can say yes to what we know you're leading us into. And I wanna tell you, those years that we lived in South Africa, God was so true to his word. My kids were so well provided for. They were in the best school, they had the best friends. They were so blessed, they were more blessed than me and Paul in saying yes to God. God was so faithful to them and I learned such a valuable lesson. That if God is asking me to do something in the context of his kingdom, my obedience is not going to negatively affect any area of my life. If it's good for me, it's good for my husband. If it's good for me, it's good for my children. God is not confused. He's not going to ask anything of you that is bad for another area of of your life that he has asked you to, to take care of. So we can trust what he says and so that's why I'm not against the list of priorities, but I prefer to look at it more like he has set my life in the context of his kingdom and in pursuit of his kingdom in pursuit of whatever he asked me to do, I can trust that if it's if I say yes to him that it is good for every part of my life, that I don't have to weigh the pros and the cons and make a list of you know is this really the right thing to do on paper We're to be aware and we're to make wise decisions, and we're to count the cost, yes, but we can trust whatever God is asking us to do, and we can trust that he will always take care of integrating all those areas of our lives because sometimes God will ask you or require you to pursue something that looks like it's at the expense of another area of your life. It might look at the beginning like it's going to be, but it never is. He has an amazing way of bringing his blessing, and I am so thankful that I did not limit God's provision, and his plan for my children. They are blessed in ways that they never would have been blessed had we never gone to Africa. And I'm so thankful that I didn't limit that because of my understanding or because of some priority list that I had in my thinking. Um, a generation ago, unfortunately, and not that it doesn't exist anymore today, but I think especially like one generation ago, I think we saw a lot of uh, pursuit of work and ministry and vision, personal vision, um, that was at the expense of family. I think all of us have seen a lot of that, and that is not okay. That is not okay. Um, if your family, if your if your marriage, if your family are suffering because of work or because of a pursuit, even of ministry, or even of the what you would perceive as the call of God, that or any selfish reason, anything out of those boxes, for any reason, if your family is suffering, um, that is not okay. And that's actually an indication that you're living outside of the boundaries of God's will for your life. There should be a flourishing and an integration of all the areas of your life within the will of God. Now, is there ever a moment where you realize, okay, this needs attention? Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't get it perfectly right every moment of the day. But I'm just saying that pursuing the kingdom of God and dwelling within his will, the realm of his will and the boundaries of his will, you can be sure that he's going to find a way for all those areas of your life to flourish. That I can run hard after his call in my life and know that in doing that, he has provision for my family to flourish within that too. I don't have to be afraid of how that's going to work out. He has a way of bringing that all together. Because sometimes I fear that that was the generation before us, but I fear sometimes that this generation has allowed the pendulum to swing too far, and we allow purpose and mission to suffer in an effort to save our families, but save them for what? So we can survive, you know? Um, And I just want to say that if we allow everything in our lives to only be about our kids, or about the things that we know we're supposed to manage well in life, if we let everything only be about their school and their sports and their friends and their recreation, then they will miss out on the opportunity of learning how to prioritize the will of God and the kingdom of God in their lives. So we rather need to help them learn how to be responsible for their studies and their sports and their friends and their recreation and pursue the kingdom of God and his will for their lives. We have the awesome responsibility as parents to help our children learn that. And if we're only concerned with making sure that all the little things that are going on in their life are taken care of, then they don't get to learn how to pursue the kingdom of God. So we pursue that as a family, and we help them along in that. And just a note on how local church can play into this mission for us as a family. If you study New Testament scripture, it is undeniable that the local church Is the vehicle or the the means by which Jesus is established uh, that Jesus has established to carry his kingdom into the world and and to carry his will into the earth so the ones who carry out this generous mission that started with Abram we are the ones that get to carry out this this um, generous mission the local church are the ones we are the ones together who get to carry out that mission And Jesus said in Matthew 16 that what he's building is his church. If you want to know what Jesus is doing, he's building his church. That's what he said. He said, I will build my church. We don't have to worry about building his church. Jesus does that. He just wants us to pursue him and to be obedient to him. But we need to know what Jesus cares about. Jesus cares about building his church. That's what he said. I will build my church. So the context that I'm building my family in, is in the context of what Jesus is building. Jesus is building his church. So I build my family in the context and I give my life to that. In my pursuit of Jesus, I give my life to do that. Um, So obviously a moment like this on a Sunday, this is a moment when we come together as believers, we worship, we minister to one another like we did a few minutes ago. We're equipped with the word of God on how to do life. Um, but, But who we are as a local community doing life together, moments outside of this, moments of fellowship, midweek gatherings where we gather together, the, the moment coming up in two weeks where Paul said we just want to get to know more neighbors in our community. Um, that, th- these moments, all these moments combined and more moments beyond that in one another's homes and coffee dates, these moments create a context and they create space in our lives for us to walk out this mission. Because I think often on our own, we don't create space for that. We get on our own mission, and we get busy in our own lives. But when we're part of a local community, the carrying out of the mission happens so much easier, actually, together. And it's supposed to function that way. It's supposed to be um, um, that our, our um, practical walking out of relationship um, the, in the context of, of local church uh, carries out the mission that we're called to live looked at this week one of the top concerns and struggles of families today us as believers we might we might identify with this and say yes I want to be a person of mission I want to identify with the mission of Jesus but it's difficult right it's difficult to find time it's difficult to manage our schedules and so I really have seen that local church almost kind of does that for you you slot in with local church you become committed to the community and together as a whole we accomplish that. We're, we're going somewhere. We have vision. We have mission. We're accomplishing reaching out together. Um, and that's something actually that local church provides for, for your life. Um, and I would just encourage you to, to, to be a part of that and to not hold back your heart from, from that benefit even of, of uh, the momentum that's created together. It's so much easier to live on mission in the context of community actually. It's, we stay focused, we stay on track, um, and we keep these things in check in our lives. I encourage you to make time for community, make time for local church. It's not just checking, it's not at all checking a box that I did that for me. No, it's that as my life is a part of what's happening here, that my life stays focused on mission and purpose. Um, and I believe that the family that's on mission, the family unit that is on mission, makes space for that in their schedules. Make space for that in their lives for the sake of others. Um, When we were living in South Africa the first three years that we were there, I had gone back to work full time. I had been at home with the boys, and when we first moved to South Africa, the door that opened for us to actually get into the nation was for both Paul and I to work full time with an NGO. And so I was the assistant to the CEO, and I was working full time. We were living on the property where I worked, so it was actually a very good setup if you have to work full time. I, I could see my house from my window at work, and I could, you know the kids could run to my window if they needed me and that kind of thing. But I w- my time was extremely stretched, and the boys, when we first moved there, they were one and four. And um, we had help to take care of John David during the day while Peter was at school. And Paul and I had determined it was a different season for us because we were coming from a place of being on full-time pastoral leadership in a church in Georgia, and now we were kind of in an office job five days a week full-time. And we determined going into that that we would continue to prioritize local church just as much as we always had, because we knew that it was our anchor. We knew that it was our root system. We knew that whatever God had for us in that nation was going to come out of that context of local church community. And so we did, not as a duty, but we prioritized it. I can remember rushing home from work at five o'clock, feeding the kids, making sure they were clean, and we would go off to prayer group at church at the local church where we were part of things. Before we were leading a church in Santon. we were part of another church for three years first. And we were committed. We were there, we were were present as if we carried responsibility in that local church of leadership because we knew how important it was for God's purpose in our lives to unfold. We wanted to be a part of what was happening. We wanted to be a part of that engine room because that's how purpose is is facilitated. Um, and then, as they got older, I can remember as we were, we were leading the church in Santon, and um, the, the the soccer schedules and the, the the schedules. It seemed like in South Africa, the the I don't know, maybe it's just. We're not at that stage yet now having moved, but in South Africa, there was the schedules with school. They got out at funny times, and it was staggered, and, and, and the, like, the sports, it, I felt like I was driving back and forth all the time, soccer and school and so much, and the, the homework, the homework was hours of homework. I'm not kidding you. Our kids would come home and do like hours of homework every night. It was a lot to manage, and yet we valued their part in the local church. It wasn't just take care of the kids so Paul and I can go do local church. We valued and we planned ahead, and we did whatever it would take to make sure meals were planned for, homework allotted time was planned for. We planned ahead because we wanted the kids to value the time with local church community, the time that we had outreach moments, the time that we had um, prayer meetings, the time that we would gather socially. That was an important value to us, and it, is, it does require planning. It does require sacrifice on our part, but it's because of a value. It's a value, and that's what, kind of what we're saying here today with this values preach session, is let's put a value in place as a local church that we value family on mission. We value local church. We, we value the family unit, but we value this family too. And we value the mission that we're on, that we're going somewhere. And if I'm not tucked in, in my place, I'm not going to be part of, of that momentum that's going forward. Um, So the family on mission exists for something beyond themselves, and it's evident in the way they live their lives. As I mentioned earlier, one of the studies I looked at says that the purpose, that this is a purpose generation, families who are, uh, people who are parenting right now are very aware of purpose, and that those of us who find ourselves parenting are on a constant search for authenticity and truth. Some of the studies I looked at showed that many who are parenting today have lost faith In institutions that their parents believed in things like local church things like marriage things like family a lot of people who are parenting today have lost faith in those values that their parents had because of a lack of authenticity that they saw in those institutions and a lack of purpose they were like why why are we doing what we're doing so that has shaped the decisions that people who are parenting today are making on whether to engage or not engage in those institutions. That's what we're seeing. Second Timothy one five says, "I remember your genuine faith." I love that. I remember your genuine faith. This is this is Paul speaking to Timothy, who was like a son to him. He's writing a letter to him. He says, "I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois." and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you, okay? So faith is not a family tradition. That's not what faith is. Faith is defined as belief, reliance, and trust. That's what faith is. So as Christians, we have faith in Jesus. We have our faith, our belief, our trust, our reliance is focused on Jesus As a person, he is the one that our faith is focused on, and that's what genuine faith is. Faith is not a family tradition. So there may be people all around, and maybe you can even identify with that in a moment in your life where you felt like you lost faith in certain institutions or even in the local church. Faith is genuine faith in Jesus, and that is what we want to pass on to our children, not some duty or some tradition around church or some tradition even of what marriage should look like. No, we want to pass on a genuine faith. My grandparents, my parents certainly were not perfect parents, but they did pass on to me a genuine faith. I saw in each one of their lives a genuine faith and a belief and a trust and reliance on Jesus, and that's what they passed on to me. When my grandmother died, um, my mom has been writing a book about it. Maybe one day she'll finish it. I'm not sure, but uh, if she doesn't, I'll have to, I guess. But when my grandmother died, her mother, we were at her bedside, and my cousins had been coming and going, and, and for days before she died, she was having visions of heaven, and she was seeing things, and she would tell us what she was seeing. And and she died saying her last words were, Holy, holy, holy. She was seeing the throne room of God. She was seeing Jesus as scripture tells us that that's what's being said in the throne room of God. My cousin was there witnessing all of that and he got radically born again. I mean, he was, he was a doctor, he had just finished med school, he was on his own mission, on his own path and he was so impacted by what he experienced those few days by her bedside. He is a changed man, totally living for Jesus, his family on board, running after Jesus. That is a genuine faith that's passed on not a tradition. We're not interested in having our families do what they ought to do just because. We're interested in passing on a genuine faith to our children and to those that we have, have influence in in our lives. So I just want to encourage you as families, um, bring your children along in to your decisions as a family, to the difficult moments, You know, when we face difficult times, we gather our kids together. You know, Paul and I will have a lot of conversations on our own, but then we will gather our kids around and we'll say, guys, this is what's going on. This is what we're challenged with. We're going to pray together as a family. And the reason we do that is we want to grow their faith to learn how God works, to learn that when you hit hard times, you turn to God, and then they are part of the story to see God come through. They're a part of the answer that he brings. Um, we bring them into exciting things. You know, when, we, when, when there's a big change or something coming up and we're asking God, we're hearing God, you know, well, what do you want us to do? We make our kids part of that. We don't wait till we've got it all figured out and just announce it to them. We bring our children into that process because it teaches them how to hear the voice of God. And then they feel as well that this is for them, that they're not just tag-alongs. What God has for me and Paul, is, to, he also has for our children. Us moving here to Detroit and planting a church is not about me and Paul. It's also about Peter and John David. God has a place for them in it too, and they own it because they also heard God say it because we brought them into that process. So I encourage you, as you do life, bring your children into that space with you. That's how you pass on a genuine faith, that it's not just a tradition that we go to church. No, it's a genuine faith and a trust and a reliance on Jesus. You model that and you teach it to your children and their faith grows so that they have something to pass on and pass it on to the next generation. So are we clear on what we're saying the value is? That the value is, yes, we do value family units of spouse, mother, father, children. Absolutely, that's something God created. We honor that. But we also value local church as a family that God has made us brothers and sisters in Christ. We value that. But we don't just value the fact that we are a family. Oh, isn't that nice? You know, we value that we are on a mission together, that God has set the context of our lives in in his kingdom, and he's given us a mission. And we give our lives to that as a family. We don't do it at the expense of family. We don't do mission at the expense of family, but neither do we do family at the expense of mission. We hold both of those as dear to our hearts and, it's, and we focus on those. Um, and I encourage you in your family units, don't do family at the expense of mission and don't do mission at the expense of family in your own personal homes. It's together that those work together. So if you don't mind, I'd like to just do a little activation here at the end. If you don't mind closing your eyes, you can or look at the ceiling or the floor or whatever, but just if you don't mind just focusing for a minute, um, I want us just to kind of go through an exercise in our minds and and respond to God in our hearts. Um, But close your eyes if you would and imagine and just consider, don't imagine, I want you to consider the way you were raised and how it may be affected how you view certain things like local church, even things like marriage and family, how your upbringing impacted your views on those things. Just consider that for a minute. Just consider that, and I just want you to look at it almost like you're looking at something. Just view it for what it is, whether it's positive or negative, it is what it is, and just just view it. Just look at it in your thoughts. And now if you can just imagine this, imagine yourself just stepping away from that for a minute. Whether it was good or bad, just kind of step away from it. That's what it is. There it is. It is what it is. Now I'd like you to consider your faith. Not as a family tradition, but as we defined faith a minute ago, faith is a belief, a reliance, and a trust in Jesus. I'd like you just to consider that for a minute. Consider your faith. Consider your own personal Reliance and trust and belief in Jesus. And then if you can, if you're ready to do this, I'd like you to just picture yourself embracing that. Embrace that faith that you have. Embrace that trust, that reliance and belief in Jesus. Just take it in. Just grab hold of it. Put your arms around it and own it. That that's not only... It may have been affected by your upbringing, but it's separate from that. You own it as your own. Freshly own it tonight, right now. Freshly just grab hold of it. And now I'd like to ask you to consider how you can allow that belief and that trust to motivate the way you're living with your spouse, the way that you're raising your children if you have children, or even the way that you're living as an individual, if you're not married, the way that you're living within local church context. And can we just allow the Holy Spirit, if you, if you can, just allow the Holy Spirit to gently direct your search or your quest for purposeful living, allow him to direct it and um, to help you to focus, to live as a family on mission, which is the mission of heaven, to be a part of his mission.
1: So maybe if you could just keep your eyes closed. I just have some senses that I want to share before we leave um, that I feel like are, are pertinent. And I feel to some degree, even some of it is pr- prophetic, actually. But just as Minda has been sharing, I feel like I see the, a picture um, a, a picture of, of, of a heart and um, like the, the open sternum, you know, like an open heart surgery. And as Minda was sharing, I just, I just had that image, and I felt like for some of us, God wants to open up the heart and, um, and do some surgery. And I don't feel like what Minda just shared was like this, um, like just mind-blowing, you know, thing. But it's, it's just a subtle thing, but I feel like God is doing a shift in posture of the heart. And uh, just to remember that for generations, God has spoken to human beings, through human beings. And many times, what he has spoken has been rejected. Jesus talks about them killing the prophets, and then they even killed, killed him. And, uh, and let us not think that God can be speaking, and because of the busyness, and because of the things and the cares of this world... We just don't register. I want to encourage you, just by faith, even if it seems like a subtle thing, just to open up your heart and receive what God possibly is speaking. And then specifically, I felt for some in this room, it's like there's this busy thing. And I feel like God wants to heal some of us were running around, were busy, almost kind of like Mary and Martha, if you know the story. Martha is running around trying to make all the stuff ready for Jesus when he was coming and hanging out the house. And she was running around and she was fixing this and getting the, the, the drinks set and the this and the that. And Martha and Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet listening to Jesus. And, and Martha got offended with Mary like why is she not helping out with this stuff and Jesus aren't you going to rebuke her and Jesus's response was so shocking to Martha he said actually one thing is necessary you're very busy you're encumbered about with many things Martha but one thing is necessary and Mary has chosen the that better part and I'm not going to take that away from her and I, I just feel like some in this room are very busy like Martha and and our busyness has even become like a fig leaf that we hide from God trying to just push out what God's actually wanting to do in our heart but just staying busy to pacify and to, and, to, and to hide behind that thing. And I feel like God is saying, actually, I don't want your frenetic activity. I want your heart so I can change the posture and so that I can do through you what I want to do. I don't need you to work for me. And even with regards to local church, sometimes we just think that the real job, you know, we know it's family and all that, but really it's just work. That's what church is, it's work. It's setting up, it's being faithful, it's all this kind of stuff. And while it's commendable to be faithful, I feel like God is wanting to change our posture. Change our posture towards local church. In, in, in understanding what it is. And if we can allow him to do that. It's not just work. It's actually a posture. It's actually, it's, it's the context of, of how we walk our destiny out in this world. We are identified with Jesus. But then he sets us in his church. And we walk out purpose and destiny with his church. It's a heart posture, not just to work in his church, to posture your heart towards what God is saying to the church and moving with it and moving with the relationships and investing your heart. And I think that's really it. It's the investment of the heart, not just the work, the heart. So the same principle works vertically in our relationship with God, but it also works horizontally in the relationships that he's established with. He, it's our heart, not just our, our hands. Our hands flow from our heart. So if I could just in closing, just pray, and if you, if you can respond in that, let's by faith ask God to do open heart surgery to us, to change the posture of our hearts. Is that okay? So Lord, we do... We, we don't want to be like the, the generation that surrounded Noah, where one man heard your voice and the others went about eating, drinking, being merry, and missed what you were doing until the day that he got in that ark and that door was shut. We want to be a generation who hear what you are doing and allow you to do in our hearts what you're wanting to do. That we could be postured to move with what you're doing. And so, Lord, by faith, we ask you, whatever posture change of our heart, we want to come out of hiding, hiding behind our busyness, hiding behind our work and our faithfulness. And, and Lord, we want to bring you our heart and ask you to adjust our heart, have our heart, and even with regards to what you're building amongst us as a family, that our heart, not just our works, but our heart would be anchored that your will could come through us to reach the city and the nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Well done, Minda. Thank you very much. That was awesome.